You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Michigan is about to embark on a historic political process. In 2018, voters here decided to take the political line drawing process away from politicians and put it in the hands of an independent redistricting commission that will be made up of citizens. There will be four Democrats, there will be four Republicans, and five independents. This is brand new to us here in Michigan, but it's not new to other states. California created a similar commission back in 2010, which redrew lines after that year's census. Here to talk about the lessons learned during that process and what we need to know here in Michigan is a member of the California Commission. Cynthia Dye is the outgoing member, uh, an outgoing member of California's Independent Redistricting Commission, a Democrat and CEO and principal at uh, Dynamic Consulting, Inc. Cynthia Dye, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah. So let's talk about why California decided to go this route and how that unfolded in 2010. Sure. Well, um, in uh, 2001, the California legislature uh, colluded uh, to create the great bipartisan gerrymander. We called it the Incumbency Protection Act. And (laughs) in 765 contests, uh, both legislative and congressional, in the 10 years uh, after that, uh, only five seats changed hands. So the gerrymander was incredibly effective. And the result of that was it was impossible to vote the incumbents out. Uh, candidates uh, had to run to the extremes of their parties mm-hmm. to win their primaries. And then the general election was already a foregone conclusion. Uh, budgets were not getting passed. Uh, the economists called California an ungovernable state. Bloomberg News said that we were a financial basket case. We had the lowest bond rating in the nation. Uh, and nothing was getting done. Right. Uh, Sacramento was absolutely gridlocked. And the people revolted, <laughs> basically. And in 2008, put uh, the Voters' First Act on the ballot by initiative and uh, kicked the bums out in terms of (laughs) drawing the lines, at least. Yeah. So explain how the process now works in California. What what changed uh, when you embraced this nonpartisan process? Well, uh, 14 ordinary citizens were selected from an open application process that attracted 36,000 Californians. Uh, And we are five Democrats, five Republicans, and four of uh, no party preference. And we draw the lines. We uh, follow ranked constitutional criteria. Uh, including both federal and state criteria to, uh, to guide our decisions, uh, which include a focus on uh, communities of interest, which are areas that have common social and economic interests, mm-hmm. so that they can be put together for the purposes of fair representation. 
and uh, that was what was done in 2011. And we are required to pass these maps by a supermajority vote, which means at least three Democrats and three Republicans and three of the independents have to agree. Uh, we actually passed our legislative maps by a vote of 13 to 1 and a, a congressional map by a vote of 12 to 2. Hmm. And and talk about the response to that new map. One of the things that people are really concerned about here in Michigan is that political operatives and consultants are ultimately going to figure out a way to either influence the process or be part of it. In other words, that uh, you'll get people on this commission who are actually involved in, in politics, maybe not as publicly as others, but but still very partisan, or that uh, partisans will get to the people who are on these commissions and get them to do to do their bidding. What was the, the takeaway from what happened in California uh, in terms of it being nonpartisan? Yeah, well, California's selection process was such that it ensured that the citizens that were chosen to be on the commission were essentially nonpartisan. Uh, Michigan has the same set of prohibitions uh, against conflicts of interest. Mm -hmm. You cannot have, you know, been an uh, elected official or a candidate for office. You know, you can't be a lobbyist. You can't be related to someone who's a lobbyist. Uh, you know, uh, you know, basically, there. if anyone has looked at the application, and I hope some of your listeners have already done so uh, and, and looked at the questions, you have to actually certify that uh, uh, you don't have any of these conflicts of interest. Mm -hmm. uh, it's still possible, as you pointed out, that for someone to kind of sneak in under the radar who hasn't been explicitly, you know, a staffer or a legislator before but, you know, maybe was very close to someone and was a volunteer. Uh, however, the chance that all 13 of your commissioners, you know, would be partisans is unlikely. Uh, California, of course, uh, you know, experienced the situation where partisans try to influence the commission. Uh, you can expect that. That's just uh, normal. Um, there were... Uh, folks who were essentially shills for uh, the Democratic or the Republican parties. Uh, we, we had both. <laughs> uh, but Sunshine is the great disinfectant. Uh, we had a radical transparency as part of our process, and Michigan has adopted the same rules, mm -hmm. which is that all discussions about redistricting are conducted in the light of day. Um, you know, uh, all testimony is public, all deliberations are public, all decision-making is public. Uh, our meetings were transcribed. Uh, you know, people were able to comment in real time and, um, you know, view it live-streamed if they mm -hmm. couldn't be there in person. And what we found was whenever we were getting, you know, kind of fishy testimony or there was a concern about the identity of the person who was giving public testimony. 
maybe basically somebody else from the audience would, would rat them out. <laughs> 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 they would say, did you know that so-and-so introduced them, uh, you know, someone themselves as, you know, mayor of whatever city, but is also head of the, you know, Democratic Central Committee for the <laughs> county. <laughs> or they would say, yeah, you know the the last six people you heard that kind of all said the same thing? Did you know there was an organizing meeting and so-and-so's, you know, Republican legislators' office to, you know, bring all those people to this meeting. So even petitions, you know, they would say, yeah, you know all those folks who just said exactly the same thing? You know, that was a petition organized by this organization. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while partisans absolutely tried to influence the process, uh, and we couldn't stop them from doing that, right? We were required to to listen to all members of the public. Everyone got their two minutes, whether you were, you know, a, an ordinary citizen or a member of Congress, you know, or a lobbyist. You could come up and testify and tell us about the districts that you wanted to have and give us justification and evidence for that. Uh, we just didn't consider the partisan testimony. Hmm. I'm talking with Cynthia Dye, an outgoing member of California's Independent Redistricting Commission. She's a Democrat and CEO and principal of Dynamic Consulting, Inc. Uh, We're talking about the process there in California, which 10 years ago, for the first time, was a nonpartisan process taken away from politicians who had had control of it for a very long time. In 2018, of course, here in Michigan, we also voted to pursue a similar process. Next year, uh, as we are drawing maps off of the 2020 census, it will be in the hands of an independent commission. It will not be in the hands of legislators. Uh, are you confident that Michigan's independent redistricting commission will end partisan gerrymandering as it has promised to do? What questions do you have about how the process will work? Uh, did you vote for Proposal 2 in 2018, which was the ballot initiative that brought us re- nonpartisan redistricting? Tell us why or why not. And are you thinking about applying to serve on the redistricting commission and be part of this process. Uh, I should also note that if you're interested in applying for Michigan's redistricting commission, you can start that process at the Michigan Secretary of State's website. Generally, anyone over the age of 18 without direct political ties is eligible to serve on that commission. You do not need any specific skills or expertise to apply. If you want to join the conversation, uh, call and tell us what you think of all of this, what you make of the idea of trying to draw congressional and legislative lines in a way that doesn't reflect partisan interests. Is that even possible? Do you believe that we can achieve something like that by taking it away from politicians? Or do you think that what we'll end up with is something that only more subtly reflects partisan interests, that politics will almost always interfere. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. We especially want to hear from folks who have already decided to apply for the redistricting commission. Tell us why you made that decision. Tell us what you are anticipating about uh, maybe being selected uh, for that process. 
uh, Cynthia Dye, I want to ask you about, again, about the results um, in, in California. Latino groups were pretty critical of the maps that you guys came up with. And they said that they took political power from one of California's fasting growing groups. Can you address that criticism? Sure. Uh, We had to kind of thread the needle a little bit between um, pressure from uh, civil rights organizations that uh, wanted to make sure that we uh, were giving uh, minority communities uh, the fair right to elect a representative of their choice. The second criterion for us was compliance with the Voting Rights Act. Uh, And because we worked quite hard to draw all the required majority-minority districts and opportunity districts uh, the, to make sure that we re- respected, you know, growing Latino and also Asian, which Asian groups are actually the fastest-growing group in, in California, uh, to make sure that uh, their voices were heard. Uh, the Department of Justice you know, approved our compliance with the Voting Rights Act. That was actually the first legal hurdle that we had to clear. Uh, in fact, Latino groups actually came up to the mic and, and threatened the commission straight out that they were going to sue us. Mm. But I think after careful consideration, <laughs> uh, looking at what we had done, I think we didn't quite draw as many uh, majority-minority districts that they would have liked to, us to have drawn in particular and for the Latino community, we did draw a lot of opportunity districts, and that means districts that were not quite majority yet. They were not quite at 50% uh, citizen voting age population, but, you know, they might be at 47% or 46%. Uh, and it was very clear, I think, to everyone that these districts would become majority-minority districts by 2020. And uh, instead, they decided to sue Texas. Hmm. <laughs> so, so uh, talk also about results in the political sense. After you redrew these maps, oh. did 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 districts come out more competitive? Did the balance of Democrat and Republican districts change significantly? Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. These competitiveness was explicitly not one of our criteria. So if you think about it. It's a little bit opposed to the concept of a community of interest, which looks for commonalities uh, and common ground uh, for folks in an area in the district. And so uh, despite that, just because we adhere to uh, trying to uh, follow and, and draw fair districts for the demographics of the state, California actually has a quite competitive districts, uh, three times more competitive than, than before. Um, but I think what's more important uh, is that California, according to the Brennan Center of Justice, has the most responsive map in the nation. Mm. And, and that means that election results will reflect underlying changes in the will of the electorate. And nowhere was that more evident than in the 2018 midterm elections. Where, if you might remember, the whole nation was on edge waiting for the results of seven hotly contested congressional uh, elections in Southern California, because those districts had been slowly shifting blue from a demographic standpoint, Hmm. and they flipped 
in 2018, which was a blue wave election, which is exactly what should happen if those districts had been gerrymandered, especially with the very effective bipartisan gerrymander the year before, they would not have flipped. Um, when when you drew this map 10 years ago, of course, you're looking at the population then and trying to figure out uh, how to draw districts that reflect, you know, the fairness and that you were looking for and, and meeting the legal standards. I, I wonder if you can talk about over time how well they have held up. I mean, you were just referencing the 2018 uh, elections where you had a lot of districts flip because they had been tre- trending bluer than, than they had before. But often, you know, those last uh, elections in, in a 10-year cycle, uh, you, you, see, you see demographic changes uh, making maps seem antiquated or, or uh, less useful than they had been. I, I wonder if that's changed as well because of this, this kind of approach to, to the line drawing. Yeah, and I think it's important to state that, again, partisan competitiveness is not any consideration of ours. We were trying to draw uh, fair districts that, that, that grouped folks that had common interests. So in California, that means that in the north part of the state and in the Central Valley, you know, we were drawing essentially agricultural districts. Uh, you know, in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada, you know, we were drawing... Uh, these, you know, districts that dealt with the concerns of folks who live in, in the foothills of, of mountains, which, mm-hmm. you know, have to do with uh, fire protection and water. You know, uh, we protected the coastal areas for environmental reasons. Uh, in Where I'm from, in the San Francisco Bay Area, you know, we are united by the tech industry. Uh, in Southern California, it's more defense and aerospace. So, you know, those are much more durable hmm. uh, than partisan preferences. Hmm. Uh, so, like I said, we're very proud of the fact that our map is quite responsive. So I think 2014 was a stronger year for Republicans, for example, and that flipped at some districts. Uh, my guest is Cynthia Dye, an outgoing member of California's Independent Redistricting Commission. She's a Democrat and the CEO and principal of Dynamic Consulting, Inc. We're talking about the process in California 10 years ago and what it might tell us about the process that we're about to embark on here in Michigan next year. After we have the census results from 2020, we're going to have our own nonpartisan redistricting commission draw the congressional and legislative lines for the next 10 years. Um, what do you think about that process? Are you excited about it? Are you anticipating that this will give us a more representative outcome in Congress and in the legislature? Are you somebody who has already applied to be a member of this redistricting commission? Uh, you can go to the Secretary of State's website right now, in fact, and sign up to be part of that process. You only have to be someone over the age of 18 without direct political ties in order to be eligible. Are you thinking about doing that? Are you thinking about being part of this process and trying to draw a map that uh, reflects more of what the population here is as opposed to what politicians might want it to be. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019.
1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. should also note that members of the California Redistricting Commission are in Detroit tonight for a public informational meeting and you can attend that event at 6 p.m. at Fellowship Chapel Banquets and Rentals. That's at 7707 West Outer Drive here in Detroit. The event is hosted by the group Voters Not Politician. Admission is free, but space is limited, so you need to RSVP. Um, California, Cynthia, is now going to form a new redistricting commission to redraw the maps again, but the pool of applicants is much smaller than 10 years ago, and people are saying it doesn't reflect the state's diversity. Are, are you losing steam behind this effort? Is it going to be more difficult this time to get well, the kind of people you need? You know, I, I think that uh, we still had 21,000 applicants. <laughs> <laughs> it's so not a, that's not too small a number, right? It's not too small. Um, I think, you know, compared to the 36,000 for the first, you know, commission for the inaugural process, uh, it is you know, certainly fewer, and I think that was expected. There was a lot of anticipation the first time, and let's say pent-up demand (laughs) to be part (laughs) of this process. Uh, I think the other thing is that people saw what the First Commission had to do and how much work it was. (laughs) I mean, honestly, the the 14 of us the first time had no idea what we were getting into. Uh, Nobody did, because it hadn't been done before. and we had this extraordinarily aggressive timeline, and you know we also had to set up a brand new state agency. Um, so, you know, people realized the amount of work that was required to to really, you know, conduct 34 public meetings, you know, across the state and hear all this testimony and integrate it with census data and deliberate and make trade-offs and you know, try to come to consensus for, in California, 177 different districts and, you know, to do this in, in record time. So I, I think that it probably gave a lot of people pause uh, about, uh, you know, whether they could really put that kind of, you know, time in. Mm-hmm. So that probably depressed the the, uh, the applications the second time around. Uh, we always do have a challenge with making sure there's a diverse pool. The California Constitution requires the commission to be diverse and to uh, look like California. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very important to have public trust in the process, and for that, people need to see themselves reflected uh-huh. in the commission. Uh, I will say that this time around, the uh, the California State Auditor, who's responsible for the selection process in California, extended the deadline twice at the request of community organizations to make sure that we had a more representative pool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it still wasn't quite as diverse as people had hoped, but uh, with 21,000, they will be able to, to get the diversity necessary for the 14th mm-hmm. final mm-hmm. election. Yeah. Um, I- I also wonder if you can talk a little, just a little about your personal interactions since you were part of this process. What do people say to you about what they think about the new districts? Do, do they seem to to be embracing the idea oh, of, yeah. of them being nonpartisan? Uh, California's 
love their new districts. Uh, <laughs> they did a statewide field poll to see what, uh, you know, average Californians thought about the new district maps, and they approved of them on a two-to-one basis. And they also overturned. There was a referendum put on the ballot to invalidate our maps right after we had done them, uh, and that failed uh, dramatically by a pretty high margin. Hmm. So um, when people find out that I'm on the uh, redistricting commission, I get thank you for your service. I mean, people <laughs> are really happy that we got rid of uh, partisan gerrymandering in California. And I also wanted to share some of the other, you know, long-term results and, and outcomes. Um, in the 2012 election alone, there were 50, 57 new representatives, both in the legislature and in Congress. You compare that to the five seats that had changed hands in the 10 years beforehand. Hmm. And what that meant was there was actually an unprecedented number of women and candidates of color. So it has completely diversified our our legislature Hmm. and our congressional delegation. And Uh, then the legislature's approval rating, which was in the toilet, it was, you know, below 10% in some surveys uh, back in 2010, uh, is now close to 60%. So, uh, And is that... Is that reflected in the fact that they're able to get things done? I mean, you were talking about this crisis in in legislative effectiveness that led to this change. Have they have they performed? Yeah, better? the gridlock has been broken. The logjam is broken. The budgets are passing on time now. Our bond rating is the highest it's been in decades. So our cost of borrowing as a state has gone way down. Uh, we're passing bipartisan pro-business legislation and bipartisan climate change legislation. Hmm. You know, Governor Schwarzenegger, who was a Republican governor who advocated for this reform, uh, you might remember he's the same governor who called our the California legislature girly men. Right. Because he was so <laughs> frustrated with the legislature and not, not being able to get anything done. Um, you know, he is fond of saying that you know, that California passed bipartisan climate change legislation with the support of eight Republicans, which would have never happened in his time. Mm. So, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the lockdown was broken, and, you know, we... And as people state, seem happy. Uh, people are happy. Um, in the um, annual survey in Forbes for the best states for business, we're now number one for economic climate. You know, we're the fifth largest economy in the world now. Mm-hmm. So it's been, you know, what's good for the people, as I say, it's good for government, and it's also good for business. Right. <laughs> okay. Cynthia Dye, outgoing member of California's Independent Redistricting Commission. It was really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Sure. Uh, and remember that you can see all of the members of Uh, California's redistricting commission there in Detroit tonight for a public informational meeting that is taking place at 6 p.m. at Fellowship Chapel Banquets and Rentals, 7707 West Outer Drive here in Detroit. That event is hosted by the group Voters, Not Politicians. Admission is free, but space is limited, so you need to RSVP. That's going to do it for me today. Come back tomorrow when I'm going to have a conversation with new Oakland County Executive Dave Coulter on the heels of his State of the County speech, and we'll dig into issues of regionalism and public transit. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. 
your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.